Hello, everyone. This is Ian Chesky, Project Coordinator for the Great Lakes Mental Health and Prevention Technology Transfer Center, and your host for today's Great Lakes ATTC podcast. The Great Lakes ATTC podcast brings interviews and insights to the addiction treatment and recovery services field in the Great Lakes region and beyond. Today's podcast is the fourth and final session in our premier series focus on recovery and substance use disorders. Please welcome today's guest, Dr. Michael Flaherty. Dr. Flaherty is a clinical psychologist with over 30 years of experience in addiction, overdose prevention, workforce development, and the science of recovery. In 1999, he founded the Institute for Research, Education, and Training in Addiction. He has previously served as the Vice President for Behavioral Care at the St. Francis Health System, Director of the Division of Psychiatric and Addictive Services at the St. Francis Health System, and co-founder and first board member of the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center's local nonprofit managed behavioral care company, Community Care. Currently, he focuses on his clinical practice and assisting communities to develop and implement ROS, recovery-oriented systems of care. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Flaherty. Oh, you're very welcome. Glad to be here. As a starting point, could you tell our audience what is ROS? Well, in, in, in really everyday layman language, a ROS is a recovery-oriented system of care that speaks of the values and, and choices of a community. It's a community up effort to address behavioral health, mental health, substance use in the local community, led by community members, many of whom themselves had that experience uh, or are called peers. But it's a value of what that community wants to do with the resources and the science and practice that's available to it in that community. It is not a treatment uh, network or an agency per se, but it is, instead is an express set of values that are guided usually by the county or leadership in a community, perhaps a health center, uh, that builds on the, not only the addressing of the illnesses, but the building the strengths and the resiliencies in individuals, families, and communities. Measures that as it goes uh, so that community wellness is achieved over time. Great. Thank you. Um, does ROS span both mental health and substance use? Oh, indeed it does, and it also reforms, if you will, brings the medical model itself, which we all use, into the 21st century. But um, mental health is equal partner as substance use in a, in a recovery-oriented system of care. Same measures are often used, uh, different approaches, though I would say there are different languaging, you know, to uh, patient participation, different ways that they do participate. Uh, and the principles are very similar for mental health and substance use recovery. However, there are some distinct differences. For example, in mental health uh, recovery, there's a real effort to build self-direction and individualized care. In substance use, those are important, but the idea of having knowledge, medical uh, intervention, and peer supports and community oversight is a bit different than what it would be, say, to empower the person to design their own, their own care. So it's a bit different at the principal level, but Absolutely, it covers both mental health and substance use. Thank you. Is ROSC being adopted by states, counties, providers, and those in recovery? Yes, yes it is. Uh, it's interesting that uh, ROSC began its reinvigoration or its reinitiation uh, through the ATTCs, oh, uh, not quite 20 years ago, about 15. And um, since then, through efforts of SAMHSA, uh, the ATTCs themselves and particular ATTCs like Glassy and uh, at the time Northeast, uh, ROSC has taken off now 
where at least uh, we know that 51 states are using uh, it or components of it at different levels, uh, depending on how they implement. Some states are going completely statewide with it. And we know that 14 uh, countries uh, internationally are using the principles and guidance of, of recovery-focused care within the guidelines of a ROSC in their implementation of treatment in those countries. So it's sort of been if you will, under the surface a little bit with the overdose epidemic that we are experiencing in the country. But it is there. It is thriving under the surface. And, and now many papers and states and federal government are referring to how ROSC uh, affects and, and could diminish even overdose itself. So ROSC is growing and is well, but under the surface, given the current epidemic and crisis. Hancock County, Ohio has a successful Ross project, and we understand that you were involved in helping to build it. Could you tell us a bit about the project and how you contributed to establishing the Ross project in Hancock County? I'll be glad to. Well, about five years ago, and that takes time, uh, Hancock County had decided uh, in Ohio that it wanted to transform its system of care, and that's one of the ways you implement a Ross. You can do it, you know, just in an agency. You can do it through a small system of care, or you can do it through a whole system. And they decided the whole system. So five years later, they have been working arduously on putting ROSC measures in, earlier screening, stronger prevention, all based on uh, what made people well in their community. That's what makes ROSC so pertinent. The, the data it derives to design the system locally comes from local experience. So Ross built those, and over those five years, it has more than tripled the amount of people getting help. It has not increased the cost of treatment, and it has uh, now reported, despite uh, the epidemic and opiates, reduced overdose deaths by about 9% uh, in, in that community, which is, by the way, in the, uh, the belly of the beast, so to speak. It's in the heart of where the opiate epidemic exists in, in uh, rural Ohio and the areas of the hillbilly elegy. So they're rather proud of it. They see the long-term effects of a ROSC, and uh, they've seen things like increased access to care. Um, they've seen great increases in numbers of people getting an adequate dose of care, which monitors the 90 days or more of treatment and how many are getting continuous care to that level. And it follows up and measures people at periods of recovery at six months, nine months, and one year. And they're seeing even better outcomes there. So their efforts to address the opiate epidemic are returning to them insight into long-term and sustainable recovery in uh, the population that is making that happen. They're still in the belly of the beast, though, with the epidemic and the numbers of overdose uh, going up and up in the whole of Ohio itself. Very effective program, though. Good. We talked a little bit about this, but where is ROSC today? And from your perspective, is ROSC an American shift in the approach to substance use? Well, it's a great question, and the last part of it I'll go to first. ROSC is probably the oldest treatment philosophy we have to address substance use and mental health folks because the premise of ROSC is recovery. The synonym for ROSC is focus on recovery or recovery-focused care, which puts the person, of course, in the center of it. And this is the oldest purpose for why we do what we do, which is a question I think we all need to ask from time to time. So is it recovery or is it, say, topical care or maintenance? or episodic care where a person gets so much and then gets sent home and has a, has a reoccurrence, which occurs so, so often in the substance use field. Um, you know, 80% will have a reoccurrence within the first 90 days of treatment unless they're involved in a ROSC. So ROSC, the old philosophy, has now been reinvigorated into the best science and practice today. 
saying that uh, we will measure our success not by necessarily the number of people getting well uh, or into treatment, but over time um, that this illness, which is often chronic in nature, uh, has to be monitored and people need to be sustained in treatment and that knowledge needs to return back to each community so that the community can build uh, the uh, stickiness, if you will, or the access points where the person can achieve uh, an opportunity for recovery. And that's the mantra of ROSC. Uh, every episode of care, every event of care must be part of an opportunity for recovery. Uh, and that in the back of mind is what's so important in a rather fragmented and, and, and disconnected system of care. Great. It does sound like a lot of the things that you've talked about, ROSC really does make a difference. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, studies of, you know, and there are great resources, by the way, for uh, those that are, are, are interested. Ross, to me, in, in whatever outcome you have at any agency, and this is a generalization that I've noticed in my work now in, in um, well over 50 or 48 states, the, that the outcomes are improved by about 15% on whatever level this block is used. So let's say that we know that, uh, oh, 20% of the people are getting a 90-day continuum of care in a local community. Add ROS to that, such as a peer support, you're going to get that figure easily up to 70 or 80%. So, but each of those services, say, through adding peer support, through parent education, family involvement, values of recovery uh, integrated into general practice, uh, you know, et, et cetera, it will improve the outcomes and reduce the cost, which was found in uh, Connecticut by the, uh, Dr. Tom Kirk and South Carolina and in Ohio and other places because the episodes of care are reduced and the levels of severity are, are made available to those who truly need that and everyone else is hopefully treated at a level of care appropriate to uh, their having that opportunity for recovery. So I just use a generalized 15% improvement. I have some data to back that up, but it probably could be higher in some areas and lower depending on the population we're talking about. Uh, Dr. Flaherty, do you have any resources that people could go to to get more information about how to start a ROSC or the effects of a ROSC? Sure. Uh, how to start a ROSC, I would suggest that if they send me an email personally, I could send them a little study guide we've prepared. Uh, the effects of, of ROSC, though, there are three really excellent sources. One for the Ohio project itself, Hancock County. Uh, it, it was uh, reviewed in the Journal of Psychiatric Services in October 2018, and there's a write-up there, and I can also send it to people if they're interested. And there are two key websites, uh, williamwhitepapers.com, williamwhitepapers.com, and uh, recoveryanswers.org. That's Dr. John Kelly's site at Harvard University, where hundreds of research articles on ROSC exist between William White Papers and recoveryanswers.org. Great. That's really good information. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks again for joining us today, Dr. Flaherty, and thanks to all of our podcast listeners. The title of our podcast theme song is Home, an original piece for guitar composed and performed by Steve Waugh.